Hello, HCI listeners. Welcome to another episode of Nine to Thrive HR, a podcast for the most pressing issues facing talent management today by speaking with experts and practitioners in the field. I'm Holly Pennebaker, HCI's Digital Content Program Manager and your host for today. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure and give us a rating. It helps other talent-minded people discover the program. Today for this podcast, I'm joined by Sean Kelly, who's the CEO of Snack Nation. Welcome, Sean. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here and uh, chatting with your awesome audience. Awesome. So employee engagement is a focal area for HCI in 2017. And Sean's on deck to keynote later this summer at our Employee Engagement Conference in San Francisco, which is themed creating an engaged culture through purpose, connection, and neuroscience. So we'll get right into today's podcast questions. So Sean, what do you feel is the most important factor in keeping millennials engaged at work? Very important question that I'm sure all of us think about all the time. How engaged is our team? I think for, first and foremost, when I think about employee engagement, I think about authenticity. Authenticity is something that millennials value massively, and they want desperately even if they don't know that they want it. So I would just ask the listeners today, of how, how authentic is your atmosphere? Are you allowing people to be who they are, not necessarily who you want them to be? Are you celebrating the unique things about them? An an example of this is our uh, member success or our account management team at Snack Nation. They celebrate each other's unique aspects and unique abilities with little signs on each one of their desks. So they'll call out whatever that person's superhuman power is, something unique and weird about them. It might be the way that they do their hair or the way that they dress or the way that they speak. But it's really celebrating the uniqueness of every individual. Uh, Within the Awesome Office community, we call this exclusive inclusiveness. It's so important for people to feel like once they're on your team, it's special. It's a special thing to be a part of your community, your company. But once they they get in and once they're accepted and once they're hired, you want to make them feel like they can be themselves because there's so many aspects and so many parts of the world where people have to fake it, especially with the millennial generation. They feel like they have to appear a certain way on social media. They have to show up a certain way outside to look good. That if you just allow them to be them and celebrate them for being them, oh my gosh, they will love you in the organization and be maximally engaged. The next thing I think about is, is purpose. A lot of times people will say that millennials, you've, you've heard things like they're, they're lazier, they don't want to work harder, they won't work as hard as past generations. That's just completely false, and I think most of us know that. The thing is, is they simply need to know that their work matters. They have to know that what they're doing contributes to the larger goal and that they're not just a cog in the wheel. And what that means is that make sure that every single individual, even from the most junior entry-level employee, all the way up, that they understand exactly what they're doing each day, exactly what their objectives are, and how those align directly to the goals of their department, of their team, and the organization as a whole. 
I see so many organizations that don't do this. They don't tie the activity and action items of an individual hour of an employee all the way up to the largest objectives of the organization. And all you need to do is really just connect those dots and lay them out in front of the person, the, the team member, and then consistently reinforce them. And it will just make people feel so much better and it will feel like their work matters. If millennials don't feel like their work matters, they just feel like they're a cog in the wheel, there's almost nothing you can do to get them to consistently perform at a high level. Uh, two more little things in terms of and most important factors for keeping millennials engaged at work is number one is uh, the, the next one rather is growth. This is being pushed and made uncomfortable, giving them the belief that what they're doing today will lead to a better tomorrow for them. That can be growth within their role, that can be growth with some personal habit or something else they want to achieve in life. That can be even growth outside of work in terms of helping them achieve, for instance, their fitness and health goals. If individuals feel like an organization or a company is literally helping them become better, a better version of themselves, their engagement is going to be much higher than otherwise. And then lastly, uh, and certainly a subject uh, of my conversation and talk uh, at the employee engagement conference later this summer is connection. It's really, really important to foster a, uh, an atmosphere and a community of connection, not only for team members across the organization, but especially to their managers. If you have a deep sense of connection with those around you, you're going to be much more engaged and much more likely to jump through hoops and bash through walls to achieve something meaningful together. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sean. So how do you begin the process of having people connect with each other? I think the first thing, and this, this would really be my answer for almost anything you just asked, and that's that you need to speak openly about the importance of human connection and get people to understand the why. Because without understanding the why, it, it just doesn't matter and it doesn't work. Speaking about human connection and the importance of connection in the workplace is a relatively new phenomenon. I mean, that hasn't been really spoken about over the last few decades. And so you need to get people to buy into why connection matters to them as an individual, why it'll make their lives better, and why a collaborative, close-knit community will also be really good for the organization. I think there's a lot of different ways you can do this. One simple way is by bringing the team together in an all-hands type meeting and literally having a presentation on connection, on collaboration. You may even use certain sources like Yuval Noah Harari. He's a best-selling author. He wrote the book, um, the bestseller, Sapiens. He has a recent book out called, I believe, um, Homo Deity. Uh, and what he talks about there is that literally connection and us being social creatures is a key to who we are, and it's actually necessary for us to grow and become the best versions of our, ourselves. So the first thing I would do is just really let people know the why and really influence upon them that connection is key to them and the organization getting better. And so do you find that this is sometimes natural for some and perhaps daunting for others? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think some people are more natural connectors than others, uh, but, but that, doesn't, that doesn't change things, right? I mean, a lot of times those people who, who resist or feel the most uncomfortable at connection, they actually need it the most. It's, it's all about providing multiple ways for them to tap into connection in a way that they feel comfortable with, right? Because everybody will become more comfortable with a culture of connection over time, even if at first it feels a little bit allergic to them. So a couple of the things that, that I think are most helpful in getting everyone, even from the, from the most connected and the most 
uh, touchy-feeling, empathetic person all the way to the most shy person involved in creating a better culture of connection, a couple of things that I think you can do is, first and foremost, hire for empathy first. Right? Hiring for empathy first is so important, especially at the management level. We oftentimes want to go and hire all-stars right, or top performers, but it's really essential that when you're looking at really developing your management stack and bringing on top managers, that you're hiring for empathy more than anything else or collaboration over competition. Uh, other things that you can do are force connection. Right? Uh, I, I always make the joke, and, and, and when I ask, uh, I'll ask people saying, hey, do you, do you think that having a date night with your significant other is beneficial for your relationship? And people will usually laugh and say, yeah, you know what, I, I think that's pretty important. It's like, okay, well, do you think that if a date night's important for a relationship, do you think that it would be good to calendar one and say, hey, every Wednesday night, we are going to force ourselves to have a date night, right? Now, all of us may say, oh, I just wish it was spontaneous and I wish it would just happen out of the blue because that's how, what relationships are supposed to be like. Well, you know what? I'd rather plan and guarantee for things to happen that I know will assist the situation rather than just keep my fingers crossed and hope for them to occur. So one thing we do at Snack Nation is we force people to connect. And one of the ways that we do this is, for instance, every single Monday we have an all-hands meeting at 12 o'clock, and then we have another personal development session every Thursday at noon. And what these do is these bring people together. They bring people together, and we basically have group collaborative activities to get people to discuss certain issues together. Sometimes they will be relative to the business. Sometimes they'll be things completely, absolutely outside of the business. But the goal is that at the beginning of the week and near the end of the week, we just want to get people together and connecting with one another and not just be stressed about the objectives that they have in their particular role. Other things that we do is at the end of the week, we have a crush it call. So at 4 p.m. on every Friday, we bring together the entire team or sometimes we break off into departments and we force people to go around and crush somebody else. That is, they're calling out somebody else on the team in terms of force recognition for a core value that that person represented in the week or a specific achievement that they saw that they saw this person earn or this person win. In addition, they also state a gratitude, something that they're really grateful for in their particular life. And when you, when you have this this really, this almost like this, this soup, this brew of recognition and, and gratitudes, and you do this both at the beginning and the end of the week, it's really cool to see what happens in creating a deeper and deeper uh, sense of connection and collaboration inside of the office. So those are, those are a couple things. There's a lot of things that you can do, but those are a couple things you can touch upon to, again, just, just deepen that sense of collaboration for everybody's benefit. Cool. So tell us about your experience and what tools do you find most helpful? Well, I think, you know, I think I mentioned a couple of those, those little tools. Um, I think other ones that I would jump into is, is that offsites. I think most businesses have offsites. They have developmental events. I really encourage people to integrate exercises that have little to do about the business, but everything to do with getting to know each person and understand one another better. 
We have a rule at Snack Nation that you cannot ask somebody to do something challenging. You cannot ask them to go and complete a project. You can't go and ask them to achieve some stretch goal if you have not connected with them as an individual first. If you don't know about their kids or about their spouse or about their favorite activities or what their fears and their desires and their dreams are, about what they're scared about, you know, about what's going on in their life, you can't ask them to do other things because you have to connect first. Connect first, do business second. And so we at Offsites, we'll always have at least one, if not two, vulnerability exercises where we will have individuals answer some questions that will force them to speak specifically about a vulnerability. And it's amazing when you have leaders, entry-level people, all these different groups working together, speaking about things that they're vulnerable about, it's amazing to see how much more likely those individuals are willing to participate in conversation to solve difficult problems in their business. So that's one little thing that we do. Another thing, and this may be very, very simple, but it's just the truth, connection like so many things in an organization, it starts at the top. If you do not have leaders and managers that believe that connection is really important, who do not take time out of their very busy schedules simply for the purposes of connecting and develop deeper relationships with those on their team, you are unlikely to breed a culture of connection and collaboration to the extent that you really want to. So one thing that I do, for instance, I'm looking at it right now on my desk in my office here in Los Angeles. I have, let's see, a list of birthdays, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine birthdays and four anniversaries this month in May. So I have, uh, this was dropped off uh, today because it's May 1st, and these are birthdays and anniversaries, and I'm going to write thank you notes and cards to each one of these individuals, thank you, thanking them for something specific that they do in the business, sending it to their home address, and just letting them know that I care about them, that I appreciate them being on this team, and that I want to recognize them. A very simple thing, but if you have management and leaders that get in the habit of writing thank you cards, and just and also just having moments in their calendar where they can connect simply for the purpose of connecting, no matter how busy they are, you're going to see a lot of resonating and reverberating effects that will contribute positively to the organization's performance and certainly everybody's fulfillment, happiness, and engagement. All right. And so many leaders think that enhancing connections and creating empathy with the workforce is still an HR touchy-feely thing and not worthy of their full attention. What are the business implications of having a connected culture, and what would your advice be to these leaders? My first piece of advice, and it's a little bit of a cop-out, but it is 100% my best first piece of advice, is to go and read The Fourth Turning by William Strauss and Neil Howe. This book, I think more than any other piece out there, describes that the millennials are a civic generation. To millennials, social bonds are more important than individual achievement. I'm not saying for every millennial, but I'm talking about millennials as a group. We are actually, as, as different generations, we are more a sign of our times than we are of our parents. And what millennials want is, for instance, here's a little example of this. A lot of times people are blown away that millennials will be <laughs> comfortable driving in an old car, maybe a hand-me-down from their parents, as long as they can have dinner and drinks with their friends every night. Right? They don't care as much about driving the new Lexus. For them, compensation is important, 
but it's more of a threshold than it is a scorecard. So for those leaders who don't think that empathy and connection are important, I would probably say that you're very likely a baby boomer. You're very likely a Gen Xer. And you just need to understand that what motivates millennials and how they feel internally is different than what motivates you. We've all heard that what you incentivize is what you get. But the one thing that people don't talk about is you need to make sure that people actually care about the incentives, right? If, for instance, let's say that monkeys love bananas and dogs like bones, I don't think dogs, at least my dog, I grew up with a golden retriever, my dog didn't like bananas. And I don't think monkeys like bones. And so even if you incentivize the right activity, but you try to give a monkey a bone and a dog a banana, they're not going to do that activity because you're incentivizing them with something that they don't care about. My point being, if you're only incentivizing with millennials with, for instance, making more money, right, or getting a certain title or a certain status, when what they really want is flexibility and autonomy and connection and community and more time with their friends, you're not going to get the right results. So um, I think that once people understand this, that you are literally, because you are born in a different generation, and the way that you act and how you feel is very much a component of how society was when you came into being, um, when you came into adulthood. If people understand their differences, they would be, and, and didn't try to get people to feel and think the way that they did it'd be so much easier for people to create atmosphere that was more beneficial to the millennial generation. Um, and so, again, just millennials are a civic generation. Their purpose is to bring people closer together, to rebuild social institutions, to create new communities. If you don't believe me, read this book, The Fourth Turning by William Strauss and Neil Howe. If I, I will promise you that if you create more connection and deeper relationships in your workplace, and if you prioritize those, you will experience less ego, more trust, less fear, and much, much better problem-solving capabilities. And hey, it'll also be a much more fun place to hang out. Thank you, Sean, for spending a part of your afternoon with HCI and sharing your employee engagement expertise with our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hopefully there was at least one little nugget that each person could take away. I'm sure there was. It was a great presentation. And we'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening in, you can find HCI on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, and on the YouTube channel, HCI Talent. Once more, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We love it when you click five stars. And register for HCI's Employee Engagement Conference. Coming up July 24th through the 26th, by visiting hci.org and clicking the Attend a Conference button at the top of the homepage. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of us at HCI, thank you for listening.